What'd you say? Uh, Zachary Levi, the guy that, that played Chuck, and he was uh, in um, Shazam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zachary Levi. Yep. Yeah. They came after him because why? Because he called the strikes dumb. <laughs> and apparently Stephen Amell, the guy that played Arrow, did the same yeah. thing the or same something thing. similar. And he said that he was misrepresented. I don't know, man. Like, at this point, I just wish some of these people would grow a spine and be like, y'all, it's like, I don't want to be replaced by AI either, but what we are doing isn't working, you know? Yeah. Because it doesn't, every time I hear about this stuff now, it doesn't sound like it's any closer to getting resolved. Right. And um, it looks like, especially after... All of the mainstream decided that they finally wanted to recognize how bad The Witcher was. That it probably will not be getting a fourth season. No, uh, definitely not. I, I mean, I, it's been suspended indefinitely due to the strikes, and I imagine yeah. that they're not going to continue it when it's done. No. I don't see why they would, considering the viewership fell as tremendously as it did. <laughs> it's pretty bad, man. I mean, I think in our season two review. Uh, or no, I don't think I know in our season two review, I stated how there was a decline in viewership from season one to season two. Now, season two still did good numbers, right? It was but pretty good, yeah. Um, you there was still a lot of excitement about it. Yeah, you typically don't have a decline in viewership, though, from season one to season two. Typically, that's a build up. And so if you have a decline, that could be emblematic of things to come. And what do you know it was? <laughs> uh, hello, Stonewall. Uh, Jake, I don't know how the anime industry is doing. I imagine it's fine. Um, seems like they're just constantly putting new stuff out. Yeah, we need to get back to our... Uh, are you going to be showing the actual articles today, or are we going to yeah. just be talking about... Okay. I ha I, yeah, I've got them pulled up already. Nice. I've had that, I've had that function set up, but since we haven't really been doing news recently... Yeah. Uh, but but today is a news day. Well, well, if it isn't Jenna, look welcome, who decided to show up. Welcome to the troll room. Uh, we have two producers for this episode too. By the way, oh, we do. Yeah, who um, are they? Some I can't remember. I know somebody's. I'll check. Yeah, I know somebody's. Uh, I know who it's not. Monthly came through today. Or this week, I think. I know Jenna didn't do anything. Jenna said today, no, Jenna told me last she, week that Jenna was going to donate 100 today. <laughs> and Daniel. No, I, I can't be a producer. That's not how that works. No, that's not how it works. That so would literally, like, if, if, if I was to produce the show, it would basically be like giving Joseph money. That's all it would be. <laughs> hey that sounds great there's to me. no there's no yeah sure there there's no benefit for me to you know what i mean i'm already well i mean i guess i'm tech technically we do already produce the show since we are funding you know funding it and yeah post-production pre-production research 10k um, people watched your video so there's quite a lot that we do behind the scenes but yeah no, the whole goal is you guys are our producers. We are the creators, for lack of the better term, right now. And that's the whole point of the value for value system, right? 
it's you know we don't want to put kami coco whatever they're called knives on our channel or you know uh, rep for raid shadow legends and different things have different advertisements on here we rather keep it advertisement free and especially since we're all about charity and and volunteerism just we don't, you but, know, but to be clear we don't want your charity <laughs> no yeah, yeah yeah to be clear we don't that's not what this is i just mean like as a whole we're the less i feel you just to be clear uh, yeah, <laughs> yes please give us your charity please sir spare your change um sorry that threw me off but yeah the whole point of the value for value system though is that we produce good content and if you feel you're getting you you know good content from us you can donate and inform to that so if you think that's worth five dollars fifty dollars five million dollars however much enjoyment you get out of it because i think one of the points always like that adam curry made is you know, when it comes to music, they just assign an arbitrary number to it. I mean, obviously they're trying, you know, there's different margins and thing and almost algorithms they go through to get there. But, you know, it's like to some people, one song may be worth only $3, but to other people that could be $15, right? Right, right. And so I think the same thing goes back to here. It's like, it could be worth a dollar, could be worth, you know, $100 to you. But if you are viewing us and you're consistently viewing us, you're engaging and you're getting entertainment from it, you're getting value from it, you know, then at some level, if you're not donating, why aren't you if you are getting entertained by it, right? I mean, obviously, it's hard times right now. We understand that not everyone can donate, which is why we say the best things that you can do is donate because obviously we got to keep the lights on and then to share, yeah. You know, share our podcast, share our social media. That helps and goes a long way. Like I said, we understand it's hard times for everyone. But I think for a while, I was saying, hey, you know, all we ask is for everyone to donate a dollar to the podcast. Because I think our mindset was, you know, if we had 50,000 subscribers, for example, um, and everybody donated a dollar, that's what, $50,000 a month? Math, yay. Yeah. One dollar. But so. yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of. Yeah, you know, before taxes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> before before uh. taxes and before all of the money that gets taken away, uh, depending on how people are donating. <laughs> I'm gonna need to have the hide the chat from TikTok because I feel like we're gonna get suspended. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, yeah. It's okay. Jenna's. Who cares? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much what the value for value system is. You get to donate your time, talent, and treasure. It's a monetization model. And if you feel you're getting value from us, any money that you give can be given through PayPal. You can also, we haven't set up Cash App or Venmo yet, but we're on the way to, to do that. Just click the, click the direct.me link, and there you'll find our PayPal link donation. Donations of $100 or less automatically makes you a producer of the corresponding episode. Donations of $200 or less automatically make you associate executive producer. And then donations of $200 or above gives you the associate executive producer title. And who are our producers for today's episode, episode Joseph? Is Jenna and John Burke. 
So thank you guys so, so much for that. Um, and what does the value for value system mean for you, David? Uh, I don't. No, you you said it fine. We've we've gone on long enough with the <laughs> with the value <laughs> for value system, Joseph. Um, Jenna, wait, no, sorry. Matt was saying that we're too spicy for TikTok. Um, I you know. Anything at this point is too spicy for TikTok that doesn't fall within their like allowable opinions. Um, it's kind of wild, you know. We talk about it all the time that like you can show your butthole on there, but there's all this other stuff that you you just like you can't show race cars on there without getting a a warning about the like the sport potentially being dangerous. So there, it, it, they just have this wild like moral compass as a company or for their guidelines um yeah. and it just seems really it always it was always really annoying uh because it just seemed really really inconsistent um no it is inconsistent so. on tiktok i don't think if people i don't know if people realize not just on tiktok but youtube everywhere we post our clips i've pretty much gotten away from showing violence violence yeah, yeah you have to like i have to clip it just right you know yeah I, I, i'm very careful not to show blood and things like that you're you're just seeing just the engagement of it and the boom it goes away unless it's pretty much like a, a clean violence and no one's getting cut up or anything like that because there's been so many of our videos like the the halo ones early on that got uh, that sensitive warning label on there as soon as it does that it pretty oh much halo it. and it's just, yeah it's just the dude shooting guns and i'm just like it's just the, they're literally killing fake aliens and it's not even yeah. it's fantasy yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter to them though it, it's it's, it's like crazy i could i could understand if like the head was getting decapitated decapitated yeah if it was like, like gruesome that. violence but that's it's no different than the video game stuff that gets shown on there on a regular basis i know you know but Anyway, um, Jenna, we do love you, um, despite your edginess, uh, but you're not the captain, so good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess we'll just kind of get into it. Uh, this is going to be a news focused episode for the most part. Uh, we've, Got more stuff going on with The Witcher, Barbie, uh, and Secret Invasions getting thrown in there a little bit as well. Um, just because of how bad, uh, excuse me, how poorly it did uh, since its launch. So let me go over here to this other screen. Uh, is it this one? There we go. Okay. Uh, The Witcher, Secret Invasion, disappoint as some creatives blame the fans. So that's the headline. Um, Joseph, what was your first impression when you heard this? Uh, I died laughing because I'm like, talk about lacking self-awareness. And (laughs) not only the self-awareness aspect, but just the arrogance that these people have in Hollywood to not have any self-awareness to reflect uh, upon themselves and why 
their shows absolutely suck. Uh, that was kind of my initial thought process. What about yours? Yeah, it, I mean, this is just more of the same, right? It's it's kind of like y'all haven't learned your lesson yet. Y- we've been so consistent with this stuff for the last, especially for the last few years, uh, where it's like, listen, some stuff is good, some stuff is horribly bad. It, stop blaming the fans for your thing being really bad. It, it, yeah, right. You know, it, it's just it's crazy. Um, so the the article it talks about how Lauren Hisrich promised to give fans the most heroic send off in season three for departing star Henry Cavill. Instead, fantasies eagerly anticipated, which I would argue is not true, final three episodes of the season released. Uh, this says last week, but it was a little longer than that. Uh, literally had Cavill's. Uh, Geralt recovering from injuries in bed before rousing himself for a final fight so I guess if that's what they mean and you know what's funny is I had forgotten a lot about season one but you remember that he spins like a two or three of the last episodes in that like injured on a cart and I don't <laughs> think I don't think he recovers in season one I don't I don't think it's till the the second season that he that he gets better from those injuries. I just I completely forgotten about that. I did too. That's too funny. That's basically how the uh this last season ended with him being injured except for in a cart, he was in a bed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they couldn't do anything for him till Yennefer showed up. And I was like, Yeah, okay. exactly. Looking back on that season one, like I remember at the time thinking it was good, right? I, I, I can't remember if I said it on it being good or decent or whatnot, but it was yeah. fine. Like it had potential, right? It wasn't amazing. It wasn't great, but I I was surprised that, you know, hey, this is better than I was expecting it to be. The world building was a problem. There are so many different problems within that first season. But now definitely looking back after the second season, after Blood Origin, after the third season of The Witcher, I look back on that first season like, man, yeah, that could have been a lot better. Well, They've really just dropped the ball as a whole even from the beginning of it yeah you know i so i happen to finish the first book last week oh um and season one is definitely cool kind of close well hang on that's not really fair so you know how okay so you know in season one they have the eps they have the episode where Geralt is trying to uh, save a princess who became a Striga. Yes. And he's fighting in that tomb. So that's like straight out of the book. They change a few things for, um, I, I would say, modern audiences in the show. Uh, and most of it is like where things are typically a little bit neutral in the book on like, you know, male and female characters, you know, in the show, they have to sort of take that extra stab at, at the male characters. Um, though they're still pretty terrible because like the whole like incest plot line for that is still there. Um, which is part of the reason that, um, she was cursed. Uh, not specifically because of that, but like because of someone doing that. Um, and then you have 
you remember the episode where in season two where he goes and he meets the the man who is like a bore. Mm-hmm. So Siri isn't there for that. It's just the story of Geralt and that guy whose name I don't remember. Um, and it's kind of just like they're back and forth, like they're having this conversation. Um, some of the stuff that's in the show was correct, but they give that guy sort of more of a villainous intent, I think, in in the show. Because he, he did something, like, bad as a kid. And this is kind of the problem with The Witcher, is, like, I can't outright talk about this stuff on <laughs> on YouTube. Let's just, uh, let's just say that he... Um, he he grapes someone as a kid but they they also imply that it was um it's i today junior i would say like peer pressure it, and it because they're not showing well i'm just trying to make this correct um so he he talks about like making the mistake and that's what caused him he was cursed because of what he did. Right. Um and in the show they like amplify that at the end. And I'd have to actually go back and watch the episode again, but I just remember reading through some of that. And then you remember so and then the actual like last witch. I mean, excuse me, the last wish uh is quite a bit different. Um so it's yeah, it was just it was really interesting the way that that all played out, and that I think after reading that first book, because I do it, you know, there's like seven of those books, um, and I wanna I wanna finish reading the rest of them, but I think there was something to the idea that we've talked about where you could put those stories in, and the way that they're they jump between each of the stories is that they're sort of this. Uh, downtime in between there where he's at a uh, like a monastery type place and he's being healed um, and kind of remembering uh, oh my gosh dude her name slipped in my mind (sighs) who is it you're talking about I can help you um not Ra- Yennefer. Raven, yeah, Yennefer. So Yennefer. she she is like mentioned throughout the first book until you get to the last wish, and then you kind of, well, you know, then you get the story behind how they met, why there is this destiny between them, um, and then the child surprise episode from season one is also in the first book, um, and it's pretty accurate, which is interesting because I always thought that episode was probably my favorite in season one. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really interesting going and finally reading the book and being like, yeah, everything that they've they pretty much added into it was just stupid stuff that didn't need to be there. And that's how it usually is, isn't it? The same thing we were talking about with Rings of Power, even with Halo, but especially the Rings of Power, was that why are you adding all this unnecessary stuff and making these changes that don't, make any sense you know it's one of those things i remember listening to i think an argument on efap when they were 
uh, talking about this in a similar vein. Uh, I can't remember what show they were reviewing or movie, but they got on the topic of changing things from the source material. And they're like, you know, does it really, they're, they're talking about, does it matter if you change the curtains, you know, if in the book the, it's red, Hey, the curtains were red and then you change right. them in the show to be in blue. Does that matter? And, and it's like, well, it's insignificant, but if it's so insignificant, why change it to begin with? Right. And you know, that could be, there's a lot of things that it could be. Right. Maybe it just wasn't possible to get red curtains. And so someone's like, who cares, you know? Yeah. Um, I And I, you know, if we were to say like, well, let's say Roach was very, uh, det- the, the description of Roach was very detailed in the Witcher books. And let's say that it, you know, it's this specific kind of like white horse, you know, has these like detail, whatever the case may be. And then they just completely change that. And it doesn't seem like they actually put the effort in to try to find the correct, you know, to get it as close as possible. So people are like, oh, cool. They actually paid attention uh, to that kind of detail from the book. I mean, that's the stuff that, that people like versus you're right. Like it, like curtains, it, it's kind of like, all right. Like if you, that's one of those those arguments that if if we were talking to people or if like you brought up like well yeah but the curtains were supposed to be red it'd just be like uh, okay <laughs> like maybe there's a like, reason why this was changed you know it's like i i don't if if we want to uh, like i'm not going to take the time to argue about why the curtains should be a certain color um in the same way that i don't always think that the argument for the source material is valid and it has to come by it's it comes case by case because for a while people will be like well it's really accurate to the comic but it's like but what if the comic sucks it's like that's yeah. not it's not an argument for it being accurate if both things now just suck so yeah, and, it has to be written well i think that's yeah. one of the things we were talking about with the witcher man i got so many different comments but I think people get confused and saying like, well, people don't like the Witcher because it doesn't stick to to the source material. I'm like, well, yeah, a, because that, that is true because that is important. Are there times where they do stick to the source material? I mean, it's like you have the trimmings of it to my understanding, kind of like how the rings of power, it was Tolkien in name only meaning like you have these names, these faces and locations outside of that. There's nothing, even with the characters, the places and locations, there's nothing, you know, from the source material that exists there. But the main reason is just that it's bad writing, right? We talked mm-hmm. about the rings, that, uh, the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson movies before, and there are things that he changed, but he's not changing things because his political ideology or whichever ideology he holds. It's not coming from a political basis or an ideological basis. It's purely coming from a cinematic perspective he had a passion for the source material and he wanted to do Tolkien justice and how can I best convey that to the screen right. let me make these changes here and here so I can get across Tolkien's main themes and ideas and his spirit even though I have to make these subtle changes because I can't have or these significant changes because I can't have 1500 characters in a movie otherwise it would last for five hours each movie yeah so I think people get that misunderstanding, like you're saying, something can suck in the source material, yeah, then it needs to be changed. But yeah. B, 
you know, well, and it, and the, sticking to the source material and it's good quality writing, basic yeah. writing. And it's it's kind of like we've talked about. It's like the Tom Bombadil stuff just doesn't translate to the screen very well. Right. You can't have 45 minutes of Tom Bombadil. Like you're going to, for one, your pacing's going to get ruined and you're just going to lose. Because like you have to, this is the thing too is, from it's kind of strategy in some ways um you have to consider your normal moviegoer to some extent especially with something like especially at the time that had the budget of Lord of the Rings like you're not going to you're not going to be able to make something really niche within that for that kind of money. And that might be part of the problem and what we're seeing now to a degree with what, what they've done ruining a lot of these movies is that they've tried to make them for very specific audiences. This whole like, you know, everybody talks about it all the time, but this like updating it for modern audiences. It's like what that's really doing is cutting away a lot of the people that might actually go see this if it, it wasn't that thing. Yep. In the same way that you have to make certain adjustments for pacing uh, for, say, like, the theatrical cut of Lord of the Rings. And then what they did, and what most people love now, but this was still the smart way to do it, was to put the extended editions out later. To add all of that extra stuff that still is great, but to put it in later. Just so, especially at the time, people were not into watching, like, three-and-a-half-hour movies. Um And now they're doing it, and it's and it's awful. Like I, we, I would love if we could go back to an age of like hour and a half, hour twenty right. movies. I miss it so much, man. Like I miss having that slightly snappier pacing uh, in films. Like the you know Indiana Jones, for instance. Like there's no reason for that movie to be nearly three hours long, like we've talked about. Um, yeah, and and it's weird too, considering. With a lot of these, and of course I didn't watch Secret Invasion, but I have heard this is the case, that a lot of that is completely unnecessary as well. That you could watch the first and last episode and pretty much get the gist of the show. <laughs> I'm uh, not surprised by that. Yeah, and, and, and so, I don't know. I When when we talk about this whole thing where it's, it's the fans' fault, it's just like, like, do you... Do you just want people to stop watching? Like, would you just be like, "Hey, don't"? I would rather you not watch it. Yeah, right. I mean, people aren't when it comes to The Witcher for the most part, anyway. And I think Mandalorian had the same problem. Secret Invasion and Marvel in general is having that problem. People are just be, finally being like, "I just can't. I don't." You know, you a lot of people like, more because you know. it's bad writing. Yeah. Well, and you know, dude, it, it is that, and it's it's because there's no effort being put in at all because there's plenty of stuff that has terrible writing in it that still does really well yeah you know 50 shades of gray is a you know twilight you know they're they're out there the the stuff that makes lots and lots and lots of money and you're just like how do you read slash watch slash whatever this product you know Um, people will find an enjoyment in things even if it's not correct but when it comes to 
Marvel, uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, any of those classic properties, there is a a need for better writing. Because everything else, I think, for the most part, comes along with it. Um, You know, the the Star Wars movies looked good, and I'm sure we've run into that argument in stuff that we've done, too, where people are like, well, at least... And for a while we did, I think. People be like, well, it looked good. And it's like, well, that's great. Like, <laughs> it's not enough, though, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. Um, Let's see. So, uh, over on Disney, Marvel Secret Invasion has been similarly ripped as one of the popular studios. Oh, Biggest Stumbles. That was a, a mouthful. It's final. It's finale earned just a seven percent score on Rotten Tomatoes, and headlines dubbed the project starring Samuel L. Jackson the worst reviewed Marvel project ever. Uh, the reactions follow what was considered the disappointing third season for Mandalorian. I thought the oh Secret Invasion director here it is Secret Invasion <laughs> Invasion director uh, Ali. S- Selim uh, seemed to suggest Marvel's rabid fans had outsized expectations during an interview with Variety. I don't feel bad about mixed reviews. I don't. A seven percent is not a mixed review, sir. Uh, Marvel has a very devoted, even rabid fan base who have expectations, and when their expectations aren't fulfilled. They move in the other direction. Uh, they give it a thumbs down, so it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. I'd love it if everybody loved it, but I also don't have that expectation myself. So I feel great about the response to it. What? What? Uh, he then asked, "Is it our job to fulfill their expectations?" Well, yeah, that's probably literally the job. <laughs> Hollywood Reporter, a little bite back right there. <laughs> That's insane, dude. He didn't it's, I just have to read this again. He he says that they have a rabid fan base and when their expectations aren't read or met, excuse me. They just Is it- give it a thumbs down and move on so it's a tricky thing he says i'd love if everybody loved it but i also don't have that expectation myself so he's either he's either lying or he has no idea how bad this thing was yeah no i think it's one of those things a that we mentioned before um that they just they live in this bubble. Bubble. Can you even say that the Marvel fan base is even rabid at this point? I think no. they're just the Marvel fan base is just dead because of all the manure they've been getting. Rabid fan base would have would be Captain Marvel making a billion dollars. Yeah, that's rabid because people were so hungry for the next piece to the story. They were even willing to potentially overlook anything with Captain Marvel. Um, In it. 
Yeah, and then you you see it, and you're like, uh, well, I, of course they had all of the controversy that came out, um, and back then it was like, because I remember all that being the case. I was like, all right, we it's, isn't that odd to say to ask, is it our job to fulfill their expectations? It is weird. Like, yeah, no crap. That's why you're hired. Ding dong. Yes, like, it, it, I mean, secret I, invasion I, I, I'm means not something to, be rude. to fans. But it's like, dude, you're, it's just the, again, we all understand that things need to change from one medium to the next, right? Book to movie or yeah. whatever, comic book to movie or comic book to TV show, whatnot. But to do this dumbed down version to make, ex- and make excuses for why your show is the worst reviewed show for Marvel, which is saying something <laughs> considering all the crap they put out. I mean, that really is an accomplishment. It's, that lets you know yeah. you probably failed at your job, and you should go look into the mirror. What you know? What this reminds me of, David. I, you know, you know, for a while I've been into mixed martial arts, yeah. And so when I watch a UFC fight, regardless of who it is, and they lose, and let's say they're going to do a rematch, and you know, from the time the rematch is announced, the end of that first fight until the beginning of the next one if they're making excuses, right? And they're they're being delusional. They're saying, well, it was the crowd noise got to me and then like the lighting, when I got knocked out, it blinded me and then this and that and all these other different excuses they start to make and they become delusional. And so I know then like there's a high likelihood this fighter's going to lose in the rematch because they're not doing an honest assessment of themselves or they don't have people around them to be able to give an honest honest assessment of that fight. It's right. the same thing here. It's like, okay, you failed at the first season, and now with everything that Ali Salim said, it's like you don't have anyone around you at all. Like, if, A, you don't have any self-awareness. You can't objectively view what you did. But then you don't also have anyone around you to let you know how bad your show is so that you can get better and succeed in life, right? <laughs> well, the the biggest problem, and Matthew said this in the, the troll room, he says, his context says he's hired slash paid for his writing, not audience reception. So in a way, he's right. Um, and I think the heart of that is this idea that we've been talking about, and, and you see it in a lot of industries besides this one, uh, where people just fail upwards. Um, it looks like, and it's a little too early to tell, I was looking at the numbers this weekend, but I think I was a little too far ahead. Um, I don't think that Ninja Turtles movie is doing all that hot. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I was trying to look at that, too. So, it's got about, its known production budget is about $70 million, and its worldwide box office right now is only 51 Good night, dude. Barbie made a billion. Yeah, Barbie made a billion. Um, On a $100 million budget. Dude, yeah. that thing smashed. Um, and then, I'm surprised Oppenheimer, man. $556 million. That's That's not bad considering it's a 300. Well, I mean, a 300. It feels like a 300-hour long movie. <laughs> it's, it's that thing again, right? Um, Oppenheimer, in its own way... Like, of course, it's Christopher Nolan, so he, he's going to get that bump. Um, but... It is more niche than Barbie. Yes. Yes, you know, it is more niche. Barbie's marketing, everything that went out there, despite the way that people feel about the movie, um, which we're going to get into, um, 
it uh it did really well and you know there's no denying that so dude you want to hear something funny yeah meg 2 did better than freaking the teenage mutant ninja turtles that's crazy <laughs> did they release the release date was august 2nd for the ninja turtles and then this was released two days after Meg 2, August 4th. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, look at Warner Brothers killing it. I know. Well, yeah, Barbie's Barbie's pretty crazy, man. I uh, I'd be curious what happens with a sequel. Um, if they at this point if they can get around Ends to even revenge. Yeah, dude. Well, and it's so funny, and, and I guess I don't know if you want to just move to that story next. Um, Did we want to cover what the Witcher said, uh, the Witcher producer, or is that being saved for later? Uh, why don't we hop to something else, and then we'll come back to that. Okay, so, let's okay. do it. So, now, I think this article this article was going around, and I think a lot of people didn't fully read it. Um, it the title's very clickbaity. Okay. Um, it says, How Men Are Watching Barbie Wrong. Um, and I would say this is some some brilliant clickbait. Um. Because it actually kind of is show now I don't know what they their final conclusion was for this. I actually didn't get that far because some of this stuff is way too long to read. Um, Dennis said in the troll room that Mag Two looks good. I think we need to <laughs> suspend Jenna's moderating abilities for at least ten minutes for that comment. That's hate speech, according to the underground. Um, so. The article goes through quite a few different uh, takes, so it it kind of it, it's picks some very specific things that I I think some of these people when they write this stuff they spend way too much time on Twitter. Mm. Um, but the idea is is that there's been a group of people, um, and I hadn't heard about this, but I kind of did fall fall into this category that's like Ken was the best part of the movie. Right. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people that are like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work in the movie. And if we move away from sort of the, the typical, like we were talking about, uh, when we did the review, um, the sort of typical political brain rot side of Barbie, um, right. where it's like Shapiro is just like, you know doing his thing and garbage, yeah man. so like it, it says in this newsweek article it's you know you have ben shapiro ted cruz and pierce morgan um which is really funny because it's like none of them are known for movie reviews wait pierce morgan isn't <laughs> i guess <laughs> um and so they're just like oh these guys are calling it woke and it's like okay so this is this is kind of what we're getting uh this is kind of where we're going with this. But they go into this kind of odd uh, thing with the article um, where they talk about this group of people that are kind of attaching themselves to Ken's story in this um, and talking about something called the Longhouse. Um, and just to summarize this pretty quickly... Uh, Let's see. So, historically, a longhouse was used as a communal hall and meeting place within communities. The most important feature of the longhouse and why it makes such a resonant and controversial symbol of our current circumstances is the ubiquitous 
role of the den mother. Uh, more than anything, the longhouse refers to the remarkable overcorrection of the last two generations towards social gnomes centering feminine needs and feminine methods for controlling, directing, and modeling behavior. And so the idea being is that, that Ken is the rejection of the ideology of the longhouse. Um, it's, it's a very convoluted and probably uh, a little pretentious way of talking about this story uh, about Ken not being uh, recognized and finding um, a place where people look at him like a normal, like human being. He tries to bring that back to Barbie land um, and fails because patriarchy. (laughs) And and so, you know, it kind of goes on and, the they bring up another random uh twitter user that says the man-hating allegations towards barbie are false gerward clearly makes the point that ken the kins and barbie's world under the matriarchy are unable to find uh f- to f- it says find forge identities which is oh, man uh but find identities for themselves and must rely on women for their self-worth um and that is bad um Kinda, but I don't know if that really goes to the to the point of the movie fully. Like that's right. that's sort of what's going on. What's going on? But they they also aren't addressing what Barbie Land was like for the kins like that that's that it's set up that way for a specific reason um and then this person says the film views uh gender as a tool to understand who you are seeing male roles and empowered male figures makes ken want to better uh want to better himself but the film recognizes that worshiping and enforcing those standards can be harmful um does it Hello? Hey, does it what? <laughs> I was laughing at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the He says, the film views gender as a tool to understand who you are. Seeing male role models and empowered male figures makes Ken want to uh, want better for himself. But the film recognizes that worshiping and forcing those standards can be harmful. Yeah, I don't think it does what? that. This is, this seems like a, what's a generous way to say this? This person is just, I think this person is missing it with that because I don't see how the film recognizes that. Do you? Um, I think that if that was what they were trying to get across, they did, they a, really, they did a really bad job at it because of a lot of the other stuff that was in there because this the next part says the barbies have their own unrealistic standards of beauty that ostracizes people in the community like weird barbie just like the kins what empowers barbies seeing themselves as powerful and perfect causes problems in their world the film clearly argues that any gender holding a disproportionate amount of power is an issue. Okay, but no, it doesn't because at the end, it just goes back to the way things were. 
except for they changed just a smidgen and i've i've heard some people uh speaking of which uh i find this pretty hilarious i meant to send it to you yesterday but i found this uh this christian who wrote on the barbie movie from a christian perspective saying that like the Oh, uh, giving their view fun. on it <laughs> and uh, saying that it's a sat- satire. I think it was along the lines of what, uh, what's her name? Brittany Venti. Venti uh, was saying that it was a satire, obviously showing that th- the idea was it's to be so satirical that when you see the difference between the female Barbies versus the Kins, uh, that it helps you to reflect on the real world because obviously none of us desire a world where. Uh, people are not equal and i'm like if that's what the film was trying to do maybe it's quite possible i'm an idiot uh, and i just didn't see it uh that is an option but i just don't think it landed home as well you know so i mean we talked about is it the worst movie ever made no but it's not the best it's not the best movie and i don't think they captured if that was what they were trying to convey then the third act should have been different and when I would, I would be in, I'd be in more agreement if the movie didn't end with everything pretty much going back to the way that it was. So it's like the single Ken, I guess, is going to like find himself or something now. Like that was kind of how it ended for him, even though the yeah. way that it ended with that was like he just sort of was like, I'm Ken, and like you know ran off, and then. All of the other kins basically just decide to go back to things the way they are, and then they have that one joke about like, can can we have like a Supreme Court justice or something like that? And they're like, we'll give you something, we'll give you one person in the lower court. So it's one of those things that it's like, haha, isn't that funny? And see, they're yeah, moving forward, but it's like, no, they're not. That was that was meant as an insult. Like, the- <laughs> and it's supposed to reflect like how supposedly i would imagine how they think women are treated now but is that really the case isn't there like i mean if you look at the real world what are there there's three women i know of that's on the supreme court and then when you look at mattel's board they showcase mattel's board as all white men if i remember correctly at least all men but yeah yeah mattel's board in real life it's like seven to five men to women yeah and so it's like these like the well, it goes. It goes Why is that point being made? Because it just doesn't seem to be true now. Right. Like if that point was trying to be made decades ago, okay. But um, it seems like we've come a long way. I mean, yeah, we're not going to be able to rid the world completely of sin and stupidity, but there are good strides we've made, and it seems like there's this reductionism going on to try and revert people back to this mindset of there's these huge societal problems going on that permeated in America back in the day, but that we've made great strides through now. And they're trying to do that through the different modes of entertainment, whether if it's music, movies, TV shows, so on and so forth. Like take us and backwards. Look, Is that what you mean? Yeah. Take us, yeah. Take us backwards yeah. where, cause if you look hard enough for something, you're going to find it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're, I can't remember, I was looking, listening to Brett Weinstein. He was talking about this study of 
they're like these different colors basically and i can't remember the study but basically yeah if you look hard enough for something you'll find it even if it's not there yeah because you're just perceiving it through that perspective right yeah, it's a political like brain rot where yep. it's like every everything is woke because of a, of a specific thing and, and we're not saying that certain things aren't it's the idea being that it's like hey like Maybe be a little cautious when, you know, pointing out specific things as something when it's like, well, maybe it it isn't really that, you know? Yeah. Especially because the word doesn't have, hold a lot of meaning anymore. Um, what woke? Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, it's got overused. So, and of course, the bastion of all truth had to speak up about this, and I had to mention this. Uh, the article says, meanwhile, Whoopi Goldberg responded to Cruz and Shapiro because, of course, <laughs> it's like it has to be the two of them, right? Um, yes, of the film on a recent episode of The View saying, it's a doll movie, guys. I'm shocked that's what f- what's freaking you out these days. And, again, talk about kind of like a reductive thing. It, it shows, for one, because um, the uh, one of the co- other co-hosts, who I, I don't know who she is. Um, she said, I aspire to have the time and energy to get worked up over a doll movie. Um, this is the same thing that people on the internet do when they don't actually have an argument. Um, you know, it, it would be wild, dude, to, to turn on The View one day and the cast of The View is sitting down, um, like breaking down the Barbie movie in, in detail. Yeah, you know what I mean. Instead of it, it, them just going like, "It's just a doll movie, guys," and it, it's so reductive, and I hate it because whether whether we're talking about Barbie, whether we're talking about The Room, or whether we're talking about Schindler's List, it is an art form, and it is sometimes it's done well, and sometimes it's not. Exactly, um, and we've stated at least for us, or at least for myself, on on the underground. I stated for a while how excited I was to see the Barbie movie, more excited to see any of the Marvel products and anything else we had going on because it was different. It seemed like, okay, I think this is going to be geared towards adults. I think it's going to be kind of like, or maybe like when I say that, it's like it's made for kids, but then also for adults as well, kind of like the Lego movie yeah. was. Um, you know, I was expecting, okay, maybe it's going to go the Lego movie route. Maybe it will go more of the fish out of water route something like that and we're just going to get a good story but it just i'm just tired of being preached to you know that's really just it and i just came in i just went into it open-minded one of the things we do our best here is before we see a movie to avoid reviews not only do we do that but before we even talk about the movie we try and do that and we try and steer away from talking about it with each other so that like when we review stuff it's all unscripted yeah, and I I don't want to know. I typically I don't want to know what Joseph thinks ahead of time. I, there are exceptions to that when we're just like we yeah. know we're probably going to be on the same page, and even yeah. then we still we still won't go into detail because I like to see where he's coming from. Sometimes even though we generally agree about something, there's a disagreement about specific aspects of the movie. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, I, I was going to mention this. Matthew Newman in the troll room said that the writer wrote it in a baby brain fever dream because she was pregnant and said that feminism was the whole pie, paraphrasing the director, pie or point, 
maybe he uh, maybe he yeah. meant to say pie. Either way, um, you get the oh, idea. No, 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 no. Uh, Greta Gerwig said that feminism was the whole pie of the movie. Like that's what it was about. Oh, okay. I think when we reviewed it, I was telling you, like, well, I was gonna, I was trying not to view it this way, but because I heard an interview from the director prior to seeing that, because I like listening to interviews and stuff yeah. uh, about this, about everything, but especially the the shows and movies I'm interested in, and you know, she said feminism is is what this movie is about it's a feministic movie and then the executive producer was like well that's a small sliver of the pie and then that's when she said no it's, oh, a whole it's the whole pie. pie well and that's and then that's when he was like well it's like calling the barbie movie a comedy movie well is it, it are there com- comedic elements in it yes but it's also this and this and this he was just trying to save face he was definitely trying to save face but i also understand where he's coming from where it's like hey you know we want other people to go see this just besides like because he he might have been aware of the stuff that had happened with uh, like Charlie's Angels. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that recently. Where uh, uh, what's her Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Banks who directed that? Yeah, she blamed uh, journalists for the failure of that movie because it's pretty much famous for being memed on because it, it the there was like an article that came out that was like. Uh, men stay away like this movie is for women and then there's another article that came out a couple weeks later that was like why did no one see Charlie's Angels um, and then she was like yeah it, I, it's their fault or something like that because no one can be like you know what I made a bad movie yeah exactly they just can't be like you know I thought we had something I thought everything was in place and you can still apologize or still like come to terms with it and at the very least there's still a little saving face where it's like you know I really I really thought we had something here um but it didn't hit with audiences and on reflection maybe it really wasn't that great you know um there that I, I wish that was the norm in every aspect of life um I, I thought, and sorry go ahead no you go ahead um I was gonna the, the last point to that um I, I think generally the world is worse off and that's where some of this like brain rot from any perspective kind of comes from when you don't have people who can just be like this was a mistake or I this was not the way to do this or whatever the case may be we want to try to learn from from these things and move forward problem is is that depending on what we're talking about sometimes you lose your job because of stuff like that um so people are trying really hard to save face and act as if they're not the problem. Um, and right. it's just become so obvious because it happens every time something fails now. Um, they probably would have done the same thing if Barbie didn't do well. It probably would have. Uh, I find it funny, though, with that Barbie movie, how it's basically kind of like this, you know, says patriarchy is fascism, uh, fascist, right? And then yet their answer to that is the fascist matriarchy yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much it's like, so, so fascism really isn't bad it's just that you don't like the people who are in charge you want it to be your form of it yeah yeah um but, but that that that's it and then i we don't have to really talk too much about this one but uh, allegedly it, there were some people who were talking about how uh, like their boyfriends didn't go see the Barbie movie with them, and the Barbie movie made them decide to break up with them or whatever. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of that stuff going around. 
if that happened, whoever uh, that was dodged yeah. a bullet. If a guy said that about his girlfriend or whoever, it'd be the same thing. She dodged a bullet. That's so stupid. So, like, there were... I'll just read a couple of these tweets. Uh, take your boyfriend... Probably shouldn't get life advice from Hollywood. No. And that includes Greta Gerwig. <laughs> uh, it's like, take your boyfriends to see... Or to the Barbie movie. If they hate it, dump them. If your boyfriend or husband is personally offended by anything in the Barbie movie, you have to break up with him. Uh, just left the Barbie movie. Now I want to dump my boyfriend. So, I mean, yeah, it's just Twitter, of course. Twitter's not really real life, yeah. but... No, it's not. <sighs> um, all right. I really wish I could find that Christian article on uh Find it. We can, talk about it. we can talk about it next week. And I'll try to. Um... The Witcher producer blames Americans and impatient young people for the Netflix's show Simplified Plot. Or the simplified plot of the show. Uh, One of the most common criticisms of The Witcher on Netflix is that it strays too far from Andrzej Sapowski's novel. Uh, It may have been a source of some tension behind the scenes, too. Former series star Henry Cavill made a point of saying he pushed really hard to stay true to the books, while also claiming that some of the writers on the show actively disliked them. Uh, There's no question that some of the aspects of the novel have been simplified for the TV show, and in an interview uh, with Polish site, uh, executive producer uh, Tomek Branski Uh, explained why some of those changes were made. Uh, A higher level of nuance and complexity will have a smaller range. Sometimes changes are made out of economic necessity. Production can't stop because an actor gets sick, for instance, but the needs of an international audience, particularly a Western audience, uh, and even more specifically the lucrative U.S. market, also have to be kept in mind. Uh, Let's see... Uh, I tried to explain there was an uprising against Germany, but the Russians were across the river. What is this guy talking about? Uh, I don't think he knows. So wow, it sounds pretty much in line. He, that with, just, uh, dude, that just, Witcher. that just went. It took a massive, like, one eighty. American audiences years ago, when he was promoting an unfinished film project called. Um, oh, oh, Hardcore 44, sci-fi retelling of Warsaw Uprising. Uh, the uprising against Germany, but the Russians were across the river, and on the German side, uh, there were soldiers from Hungary or Ukraine, he said. For Americans, it was completely incomprehensible, too complicated, because they grew up in a different historical context. This is, dude, seriously? Historical, uh, sounds, yeah. Sounds like they just wanted to cash in on the biggest audience, but they don't read. And they're also making excuses for uh, unskilled writing. This is a massive excuse. If you're, if if people, Hope. if people couldn't understand what was going on in your movie, kind of like with The Witcher, where we would we would constantly complain about them jumping to castles or cities or wherever, and it was like, where are we now? What is the timeline here? What's going on? Is this, here? you know? Um, that's not the fault of stupid viewers. It's because you didn't, you didn't make it clear. You know, and and it's oh, so yeah. funny. You remember, like Game of Thrones. The, oh, this was never, and well, it was never an argument in Game of Thrones because they had a clever way of showing you 
where everything was located. Yeah. It was natural and organic. Yeah. Well, at least up until the last few seasons. Well, the that part stayed pretty consistent because by then you, everybody kind of understood how Westeros worked. Yep. And you had north and south, but then because at the beginning they would sh- sort of show you the different places on the map where things were going to take place in the episode, you just kind of, you knew. It was just in your head that, oh, okay, the wall. We know the wall is up north. We have an idea of who is going to be there. Like, everything was thought out and planned very well. Um, so it's just, it's ridiculous to me it's that that people are like, oh, it's just too complicated for people. And it's like, that's just not true. You just have to be clever about you know how you is? do it. You know what it really is? Huh? If they weren't changing the source material from a perspective to gain and from a ideological perspective, right? Then they wouldn't have had to simplify the story. So it's a self-refuting statement from mm-hmm. him because, you know, his reasoning is like, well, we had to simplify things because A... You know, this generation grew up on TikTok. Bro, TikTok has just got to the West in what, 2017? Around there. It probably didn't get popular till way after that. Like, so come on, like this generation. What are you talking about? Five year olds? Yeah. Uh, secondly, secondly, if you didn't make changes from the source material that, f- that were from an ideological perspective and you could also write, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. If you made the changes purely just to for cinematic purposes and had basic writing skill, you wouldn't be here. Like, it's that simple. I mean, well, oh, exactly. And stick to something like you're not. There is a sense you're not going to be able to please everyone, but that's not an excuse for bad writing. No, and when everyone dislikes your show, and they have it's this- not even. People like the minority can be right and the majority can be wrong. The minority or the majority can be right and the minority can be wrong. It's about, you know, giving detail as to why something doesn't work. Yes, of course, yeah. things across cultures aren't going to translate over, but you write things in a way to where people can understand what's going on regardless of the culture. I mean, yeah. what about Parasite? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know Jack ish. About <laughs> Korean culture, right? But you, you, I understood that movie. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was well well made. Just because you live in a different part of the world doesn't mean that you, there aren't similar experiences too. Everyone yep. underst- everyone around the world for the most part understands poverty. Yep, that's a they big. Par- I'm just thinking they about underst- Parasite, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 know what it's like to want to try to work your way to the top of something, failure. Um, you know, being treated poorly by by people based on you know different things. I mean, that's it's not hard to make something that's like that. And like, there's no excuse for this guy. You know, he says here there was an uprising against Germany, but the Russians were across the river, and on the German side there was also soldiers from Hungary and Ukraine. He said for Americans it was completely incomprehensible, too complicated because they grew up in a different historical context. That's not what he just said is not complicated. It should be pretty clear from the script and how it's directed. And shot. Ex- yeah, exactly what he just said. You know what? I was just watching 
Do you know what series I watched this weekend? Planet of the Apes, the recent one trilogy. Because oh, Kayla, the, yeah, Kayla had never seen them. Oh, really? And yeah, she had never seen them. And so, uh, I watched them with her, and I watched the last one yesterday, and it was directed by Matt, Matt Reeves, and I, it's my favorite one out of the whole series. Um, but one of the things that Matt Reeves does, which can definitely drag on a movie, is he'll hang on a scene in my opinion a bit too long because i think he can like i get his point like faster than he probably realizes but he's hanging on the scene to convey this emotion along with the music and there's not even any words for it because you can understand everything that's going on yeah. i don't have to the this there's a point to culture of differences, but good writing can surpass that. Dude. Is what I'm saying. Do you know what one of the most popular things in America is right now? Yeah. Marvel. Captain Captain Marvel. Anime. I know. Anime and manga. And a lot of people watch it with the subtitles on. And there are yeah. things that are cultural to Japan that are not that way in the U.S., especially when you, uh, like, the way that school is kind of set up, um, it's it's pretty strict. Um, you know, every, pretty much everybody over there wears uniforms. And so, like, there are things about that culture that I don't understand from a personal context, but I'm not stupid, I'm not so, so, like, brain dead that I see that and go, why are those kids wearing uniforms to school? I mean, I went to private school for part of my upbringing, so I, I wore uniforms. But, like, you get the idea. It's like you watch something, and even if you're like, hmm, I don't really understand that. I wonder what, what, what that's all about. Like, you can ask people or Google it. You know, it, it's ridiculous to be like, oh, they just they don't understand that culture, uh, so we have to dumb it down. And it's like, yeah, it's, right. It's ridiculous. And... Jenna, I said Jack Ish, I S H, not Dish. You freaking redneck. Is it, she said Jack's Dish. Yes. I think I think it was supposed to be a joke. Yeah, but that's Maybe. your new nickname now. But yeah, this it's such bullcrap, man. Because speaking of anime, though, I was actually talking about that with uh, my wife this weekend too. Uh, getting watching some anime movies and watching some anime shows. Uh, if you want some recommendations. Actually, yes, I was going to say, send me some recommendations on a movie and a TV show to start with. Um, but I was I was telling her, I'm yeah. surprised they haven't... I ha I'm surprised they haven't done a Sailor Moon live action yet or movie oh, or something Oh, no. Like that, Don't speak it into existence. Was. Don't speak it into existence. <laughs> They're already doing this One Piece. I've well, I've never really been into One Piece. People love it. Um, but they're, they're, uh, they're doing that, and it... I I saw something. It was either on Twitter or um, uh, it was probably Twitter, where someone was just making the point of why is it that animation is always kind of considered this second class citizen to live action, when it, <laughs> in some cases, takes significantly more creativity to get that done than live action. Dude, I uh, enjoy animation. I was telling I do too. A lot more than than I used to. 
again, we've been talking about how the Disney movies, they need to bring back that 2D animation because it conveys so much more emotion than these live action films. And, and don't get me wrong, I think there's some of these live action films Disney can pull off to where the animation isn't necessarily necessary, for lack of a better word. Um, but most of them, like 90% of them, the 2D animations where it's at because they just don't convey the emotion yeah. right. And these live action remakes are just, uh, they don't have any creativity. But yeah, anime, I think, is a great way to go for the future. I think what we're going to see is we're seeing the fall of the superhero movie. And then going forward, we'll probably see the uprise of video game movies and TV shows as we already yeah. kind of are. It- the growth in that a lot of but then also greenlit. probably anime yeah i think we'll eventually get over to anime and hopefully independent films indie films and tv shows come on the rise with all these strikes in hollywood yeah i don't i'm i'm still so curious i think that i'm going to be proven correct by the way that this thing's going to last longer than i think technically mexican was the one that was saying he didn't think it was going to last that long yeah, I think um, it is going to last longer than people expect. And by the way, I actually that was one of the movies we were thinking about watching. Spirited Away. Yeah. Um, it's Spirited Away is typically one of the ones I I tell people to watch when they're first uh, dipping their toes into stuff. And the thing to, to remember is that like I like anime, but I'm not gonna give you like there are people who will be like, oh, you should watch like uh freaking you know 900 episodes of naruto for your first it's like no don't do that let's <laughs> let's go with some stuff that is pretty easily digestible um and you know move on from there and then after a little while you can get a little more brave with the type of stuff that's suggested um right. and since you're also trying to watch it with your wife that also plays into it so oh yeah i was thinking about full metal alchemist yeah, so it's it's uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is twenty four episodes, maybe a little longer than that for the full series. So again, it's uh, it's typically considered on almost everyone's list to be in the in the top ten, if not the top three of all time. Um, and it's got heart and drama. And some interesting, like, stuff, you know, like going on um, with, like, it, it go, it just like goes places, but also is not gonna like completely ruin your life. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard. I I don't want to say anything because there's like some, uh, some crazy stuff in it. Like, there's one specific episode in it, uh, that is just constantly remembered. Um, so those, those are my two recommendations for, for where you guys should start. Um, I think you'll get... What about Spy X Family? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that is gonna be a lot more lighthearted and a little less plot-driven. It's more of a... It's like a comedy slice of life. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Um, I, I know there's some, like, people out there would probably fight me on some of that. Um, because <laughs> oh, hey, you grew up on TikTok and you jump from video to video. Oh, I know. To the, this executive producer. Oh, you know what I mean. Uh, Jenna uh, recommended Berserk. Don't watch Berserk. 
<laughs> you won't. I, Kayla definitely won't like it. Um, but yeah, Spy Spy Family was my favorite uh, show last year. Um, and it's you know it's pretty wholesome. Uh, and that was kind of nice. Uh, but I could talk about this for forever. Um, but those of you in the troll room, if you have other suggestions for Joseph, uh, tag him in the anime section of the Discord um, with yes. some of your suggestions, and we can fight about it in there. Um, Joseph, do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? Yeah, just remember, you're the problem according to Hollywood. You are. <sighs> that's, that's fine. I'll be the problem. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the rejection letter. I'll hang it up. I'll make a plaque out of it. Um Well sweet. I'm hoping <clears throat> at some point to be able to talk about ISOM number two. I'm still waiting on my confirmation email that it's getting delivered. Um and a bunch of people have gotten it and I keep seeing it on Twitter and I'm like, Oh, I just want to read it. Um but I ordered the second volume of the Magic Order which is one of Mark Millar's uh, comic series. Uh, he's the guy that did Wanted and Kick-Ass and uh, Jupiter's Legacy. I don't know if you remember that being on Netflix. It did. It got, can- oh, yeah. it got canceled after one season. Um, but <clears throat> I've been talking to, to friend of the show, Jake D., also producer, um, and... I was telling him, you know, one of the biggest problems I've had with comics is I don't want to just jump into some random era. And I really like stuff that kind of has clear beginning and endings. Um, So there's a lot of one-offs. And one of the things that Mark Millar does really well is that he, everything is very um, beginning and end. Uh, And I also like that he dives into some more uh like it's a little bit darker content you know um this isn't mario uh and the first volume of the magic order is pretty great um that you know we've talked about it in the past like i'm not a huge fan of when people bring time travel into stuff hey stream has hello hello i, I hear you okay cool hey. bye <laughs> Sorry guys, it it hiccuped. I don't no clue why that happened. Welcome to streaming. Um I don't even remember what I was talking about. I don't remember either. Uh Oh, I I I just really like stuff that has beginning and endings. Um oh, and it You're talking about how you hate time travel. Oh, time travel, right. And so there's a little bit of it in the magic order. Um uh, not enough for me to really like slam the story for it and I'm kind of hoping it's one of those things that's just sprinkled within um, like they do this one thing that I actually think is kind of cool with time travel where um, everyone from like every era of time that's part of their order um, eats uh, meals at this uh, very specific like uh it's almost like hotel dining, if that makes sense, like kind of fancy hotel dining. Um, so they all go like converge in this one place, but they're not allowed to talk to each other. Um, <laughs> and it's a really interesting way to have this like, oh, you know, here's just some some tr- 
like uh, world building for the story and a decent enough explanation as to like, look, this exists. There are rules set up in place. Like they can't speak to each other because you could probably destroy time if that was the case. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what uh, what goes on with that. But I've been trying to like dig into comics a little bit more. I've been trying to read a little bit more. I'm uh, I, I we talked about it forever ago uh, that I was reading through Lord of the Rings and I finished Fellowship and then took a break for about a year and now I'm finally reading uh, the Two Towers. So I'm I'm slowly make I'm slowly making my way through uh through that. I just making time to sit down and read has been a little bit difficult. No, I hear you, man. I've been uh slowly I'm actually into the two towers right now. I'm in the second chapter, I wanna say. I just finished the fellowship last week. Nice. Um Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm that's about where I'm at. And I just uh it, it it takes me a little bit of time, you know what I mean. Did you get that comment in the troll room? Yeah, I don't understand. From old Travis, Travis, what, I love this, love this show. show. Too bad I Too suck. Bad I, suck I, guess. I guess, haha. Because I, I hate, hate the. the oh, probably because it's titled "Fans Are the Problem." Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes you know our own jokes go over our heads. Um, yes, Travis. Well, you're welcome here, my friends. Um, welcome to the troll room. And um, I'm sorry that you came in right at the end of the show. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who watches this live. Uh, thank you to everyone who downloads the podcast. Um, and to all of our producers, present, past, uh, and future. And uh, until next time, y'all take it easy. Long live the Kins!